Well, praise God, we are in our study on the Holy Spirit and His gifts. Um, I'm so very excited about it. I, I cannot tell you. I, I'll probably never be able to tell you why. The Lord told me to wait, told me to wait, told me to wait, told me to wait. So then I was surprised when the Lord told me, now's the time. And I believe that now is the time because we're coming out of the pandemic. Amen? We're on the up. We're going up now. Amen? And so, and I look around the room and see wonderful folks uh, that I haven't seen in a while. And we have COVID to blame for that stuff. And so, I'm really grateful that um, things are getting better. Things are changing. Uh, the first question on your uh, study guide was, who will spiritual gifts exalt jesus that's right now i wish i'd worded question number two differently i said if someone is speaking by the right spirit by the holy spirit then what uh, he says will exalt the what well i worded that wrong what i was looking for is in my notes it says in first corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 that no man can say that jesus is lord except by the holy spirit so what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm trying to find a better note for this than I had, but does it make sense to you that if the Holy Spirit shows up in this room that he will make Jesus Christ Lord? The Holy Spirit makes Jesus Christ Lord. Amen? That's why I, I like that because who do I need him to be the Lord of the most? I need him to be the Lord of me. So, though I will tell you over and over and over again, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost overflowing and praying tongues to go to heaven. But if the Holy Ghost fills you to overflowing, what is he there to do? He is there to make Jesus Lord of your life. Now, I need help with that. I'm not going to pass on that. I'm not going to pass up on that. Amen? I'm just not going to pass up on it. Now, we're going to wrap up this entire series with teaching on, on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues. We're going to teach on that. Um, Jack's almost finished the other two altars, and there'll be four altars up here because we need room to spread out and we need room to pray. Amen? I will tell you that um, Gloria and I were talking, and in the, in the four Gospels, Jesus once said this. He said, if you... If you lack the Holy Spirit, what should you do? Ask for it. Good sound advice from Jesus. Ask for the Holy Ghost, right? But once the Holy Spirit falls on the day of Pentecost, I can't find one passage of Scripture. I haven't, but if you find one, please get with me. What did the apostle say to the group of people when he got to them? He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. But they were Christians, right? So they said, have you received? Not, have you asked for the Holy Ghost since you got saved? See, don't, don't be getting weirded out about this. Don't you know the Holy Spirit comes in and takes up residence the moment you get saved? Amen? And is in, he, he is not any different than the Holy Ghost that will later fill you to overflowing. He's no different. Don't get hung up on that. All right? Um, but we're going to, and if you get hung up on that, will you please love Jesus enough and love me enough to be patient enough for us to get to the Word of God on the subject matter before you flush on me? 
Alright? You know what I'm saying? Before you get rid of me, before you write me off, before you tune me out, alright? You know, ain't no need to get mad at me. Amen? You know? Alright, that's enough of that. So, so here's, here's what I'm saying. Do we really want to pass on this? Do we want to pass on it? Do we want to say, I don't, I don't really need that. I, don't, I mean, it isn't a requirement for me. I mean, I, I, you know, that's like saying, I, I'm going to study for this exam just enough to pass. I just want to see. Give me a C, I'll pass, I'm good. I'm good to go, right? I'm going to make the Lord happy. I just want to do just enough. Well, what do we talk about in this church? We talk about being discipled. I'm going to tell you why that's important. Look, look at the person next to you and say, I'm being discipled. Do it, if you will. Look at somebody and say, I'm being discipled. You're here at Livestream Bible Church. If you're going to be a part of this church, you're going to be discipled, right? If you're not going to be discipled, don't pray. Don't read your word. Just say, I, I knelt. I prayed a little prayer. I signed a card. I'm good to go. I'm going to tell you, that's dangerous. Don't play that game with God. There comes a time in our lives when we need to make a commitment to God that says, Lord, I want from Genesis, you know, to Revelation, I don't want, take a little of this and give me a little of that. I'm not trying to bake a cake. I'm trying to live my life. I, I don't, you know, I don't want a little of this, a little of that, and then make something that looks, looks pretty. Amen? Just looks pretty. God help me. God help me. All right? Well, I'm excited. All right, so um, we're, we're going to pick up. You remember the story I told last week? I've got several stories here. Now, I, I'm not going to apologize to you. These, these are stories that I, are things I've been exposed to in my lifetime. They're written down. I, I'll share them with you. And guess what? I've always said to you, you don't believe it, don't believe it. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. If you don't like what I said, don't lose sleep over it. All right? You know, don't get hung up over it. All right, so watch this. Um, I read you the story of the lady that got in line in front of a church. It's all pastor go down. And, you know, later in, in, I find out that God's given him a word of knowledge. He gave him a word of knowledge. And all the Holy Spirit said to him was, there's something wrong with that woman. I mean, there was a church full. I mean, the altar's full. People strung all the way. And yet the Holy Spirit told him that woman, something's wrong with her. Listen, listen to me. Notice that the Holy Spirit didn't tell him everything about that. He just said Some, something's wrong with her. Pay attention. That's what the Holy Ghost said to him. So when he got to her, he, he started talking with her. He's praying with her. And, um, and he asked her, are you saved? Because he said, that's the most important question. I, are you saved? She goes, yes, I go to such and such a church, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Do so you want to hear me pray in tongues? And you started gibberishing something out, right? Now, listen to me. Don't be playing games with God. Don't be playing games with God, all right? Said to the woman, I, I want you to say this after me. Jesus Christ is Lord. When he said that to her, she said, Jesus Christ is not Lord. I'm, I mean, she said it. Jesus Christ is not Lord. So he backed up and he said, say this with me. Jesus Christ was sent in the flesh. Jesus Christ was not sent in the flesh. Well, obviously there's a problem because everybody, there's over a thousand people in this room and they can hear her. <laughs> everybody in the room now is clued in. in. In law enforcement, we call that a clue. All right? 
that something was wrong, right? Well, she wasn't saved. She wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. And by God, that wasn't God's tongue she was praying. It just wasn't. Why? Because it could not be. It couldn't be, right? So he said to her, what do you think is wrong? And she said, I'm trying to say what you're saying, but something on the inside of me won't let me. So she told him plainly exactly what was going on. And you know what? You may, I've had people tell me, I don't believe all that. I don't believe in the, you know, you don't believe in the work of the devil like that. How are you going to believe in the work of God? Amen? You know, it somehow had a grip in her life. I don't care how. I don't, you know, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how long it had been going. I don't know all those particulars. But he said, do, do you want to be free? She said, yes. Boom. He put hands on her and started praying for her, cast that thing out of her, right? And then he said for her to repeat it, and she could do it perfectly. And then he prayed prayer of salvation with her. Now, now we know that many people can pray the prayer of salvation, but, but if, they don't, if they don't get touched by God, I mean, if there ain't real commitment there, who knows what happened, right? But he said, now do you want to, now do you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? She said, yes. He laid hands on her forever, and boom, she busted out in, in the Holy Ghost. It's just like that time I told you that I went into a Pentecostal church at the very first time I was ever in one, and some guy stood up over here down, down below and started praying something, saying something out loud. I mean, real loud. This person was not bashful. Neither were they ashamed. <laughs> and spoke out, and I'm going, what language is that? Well, I've never seen anything like that, right? And then when they finished, there was a slight pause, and somebody over here stood up, and in English gave a message to the church that me, as dumb as I was, all right, as ignorant and uninformed as I was, I knew this is very God. Very God. It was very God, right? And what that woman was praying in the Spirit was very God. Amen? Very God. Now, now, that's a beautiful story to me. It's a beautiful story. It, and it was a word of knowledge in operation. You, get, you, you understand that? It was a word of knowledge in operation. All right, now, we're going we're gonna to stop there because we've got to answer some of these other questions, all right? Do you wanna, if you want to grab that piece of paper, pay close attention to it. If you've got something to write with, it's time to write because I'm going to give you this outline, all right? Now, once again, bear with me because I, I have given definitions to the gifts of the Spirit when we all know they overlap, don't they? They overlap. They get you. Matter of fact, um, you can, I, I'll give you examples today of a word of knowledge coming through a vision. A word of knowledge can come through a dream. And let's not limit God on how a word of knowledge can be manifest in our lives, all right? You can't tell me that there hasn't been times in your life when you were sitting there and you didn't know a certain thing, then all of a sudden you did. It used to happen to me, and I would say to my wife, I said, hey, I got something, it's in my knower, because I didn't know any better. So it's in my knower, right? But it was in my spirit, right? And I, I would tell her, and the reason why I would tell her is so I wanted somebody to be able to say, wow, that was God, when, when they heard the truth, when they finally heard the truth. My wife was that gauge for me. Right? And she would ask me early on, how do you do that? I said, I don't know, but I wish I could make it happen all the time. <laughs> but this, the gifts of the Spirit use you. 
you don't use them, right? All right. Now, here's the way I, I read the uh, chapter 12 to you last week, and we know that all the gifts of the Spirit were listed there, but here's how we're going to pay attention to them. And how in the world all this can be in the Bible and people say it's not for today. It's not real. Not for today. It died with the apostles. Then what is it doing in the book? Don't you think God would have been smart enough not to leave it in the book? Right? All right. All right. There are what I call three revelation gifts. Three revelation gifts. Those revelation gifts, all right, brace yourself for this dynamic truth. The three revelation gifts are spiritual gifts that reveal something. Giddy up, right? The revelation gifts are gifts that reveal something. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. So that pastor that day probably had a word of knowledge and discerning of spirits working in his life at the same time. Does that make sense? Because he discerned that that woman had a problem. All right, so three revelation gifts, spiritual gifts that reveal something. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And then there are what I call three power gifts or spiritual gifts that do something. There's action involved. There's the gift of faith. There's the working of miracles. And then there's the gifts of healings. All right? Three power gifts, spiritual gifts that do something. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. You getting that? You getting that? You with me? You following along? By the way, this message is on uh, LifespringAK.com. Uh, you can see my exact word-for-word -word notes there on PDF and print them off. You, you're going to want to do that, I think, if you care at all about this series. So the three power gifts, spiritual gifts that do something, the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. And then there's the three utterance or inspirational gifts, spiritual gifts that say something. Does that make sense? Prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, there's an important notes. I started to refer to them already. Very often, these gifts work together as tongues and interpretations work together. But we divide them as they were divided in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to distinguish them and to talk about them. Does that make sense? So you don't need to get confused about the nine gifts and how they work together and how they overlap and all that. All right? Are you following with me? So we can easily see that often these gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation together. For example, sometimes we call prophecy what we call prophecy, and you need to pay close attention to this. For example, sometimes what we call prophecy is a word of wisdom that is being given forth. It's not really the simple gift of prophecy at all because, listen to this, I'm going to prove this to you. I'm going to ruffle feathers right now. Get ready to be blessed. It's not really the simple gift of prophecy at all because the simple gift of prophecy has no revelation. People make the mistake of calling all kinds of things in the New Testament prophecy that isn't prophecy based on what they learned in the Old Testament. Did you know that? There are people, there are entire conferences out there on prophecy, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But people really like knowing the future. They really like knowing the future. 
And there are whole ministries out there based on being able to prophesy about the future. When in reality, those that are getting it right in there, those that are getting it right, are you hearing me? There are those that are getting it right, are giving words of wisdom. Why? A word of knowledge is a piece of information about what God knows that he gives you. He doesn't pour all of his knowledge on you at one time. You can't handle it. You could never absorb that. He just gives you a little piece of knowledge about something that you didn't know, you know, maybe nobody but the other person knows that he's saying something about, right? A little piece of knowledge, not a whole bunch of knowledge. A word of wisdom differs because it's a little piece of knowledge that God has, but only in the wisdom of God is the future known. Only in the wisdom of God is the future known. So if it has to do with the future, I call it a word of wisdom. And God does a lot of that. He does a lot of that. What, what does concern me is that a lot of these people in the world that call themselves prophets don't understand the gifts that they're being used in. I, I happen to think that's unwise. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw rocks. Hey, I'm not having international conventions with thousands of people showing up to hear me say what I say. Yet. Amen? Yet. But here's what I'm going to try to tell you about prophets. If I am a banana tree, if I don't have any bananas on my tree, I might need to hang a sign that says I'm a banana tree. But if I'm loaded with bananas, do I need the sign? Do I need the shingle? Do I need to hang the sign up that says I'm a banana tree? Oh, well, I, I kind of knew that. You have bananas hanging all over you. You know the story in the Bible where Jesus rebuked the fig tree. They didn't have any fruit on it. And if you remember right, that story even says it was not the season for fruit. But if you read the story, you go dig it up. I wasn't planning on saying this, but it's important. The tree had every appearance that it was ready to produce fruit, but had no fruit. So Jesus cursed it, and it died why? Because it claimed to be a fig tree. It had all of the appearances that it should be producing fruit and had none. So Jesus cursed it. That's why I, I, I ain't going to be running around, yeah, hey, I'm a prophet. Prophet D here. Prophet Dennis. I ain't going to do it. Not going to do it. Look, look, look. You know, have I even ever come right out and said, I am a spirit-filled, tongue-praying, uh, you know, fire-breathing. You understand what I'm saying, uh, man of God? No. If you don't know I'm a spirit-filled Christian, I ain't going to hang no shingle on me. Amen? I ain't going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm trying not to ain't this thing. You know, it's, um, it's just a, a powerful thing in my opinion. I never want to hang a sign on me that says I'm a banana tree. I just don't want to do it. I, I, that's why everyone that I hear, I look at, oh, it's a prophecy conference. You know, prophet so going to be there. I pray for that person, that they're the real McCoy, that they're the real thing, you know? All right. 
Very often these gifts work together as tongues and interpretation work together, but we divide them as they have been divided here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to distinguish them and to talk about them. We can readily see that very often these gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation together. For example, sometimes what we call prophecy is a word of wisdom that is being given forth. It's not really the simple gift of prophecy at all because the simple gift of prophecy has no revelation. That is no foretelling or element of prediction. We'll prove that to you later. The simple gift of prophecy, listen to this. Look, look, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's see if we know something about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. Now this is Paul. Do you think Paul knows what he's talking about when he, when he talks about the gifts of the Spirit? On the other hand, the one who prophesies, say that with me, the one who prophesies, say it again, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. In other words, for the King James Version says, for the edification of the church, the uplifting and the edification of the church. That's what the simple gift of prophecy is in the gifts of the Spirit. How do we know? Because we're going to read later that tongues and interpretation, which is for the edification of the church, a message given by the Holy Ghost in a church service where someone starts out in tongues and then someone in English, if not the same person, because it is the responsibility of the person who gives the message, if no one else opens their mouth, they better be ready to interpret because the Bible says it's unwise to give a message in church and have no interpretation. We're going to learn spiritual etiquette in this church. And if you think I can't say, whoa, 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 Pastor D here, don't do that. Am I wanting to hurt you? Am I wanting to hurt your feelings? Absolutely not. But I will not allow the devil to hurt this church. I'm not going to stand by and let the devil, because that's what he loves to do. And of all of the things that are in the Word of God, nothing is more simple for the devil to get a wedge into a church than when it comes to the things of the Spirit, because the things of the Spirit are opposite of the flesh. The two have never mixed, and they never are going to mix. That's why you've got churches in this nation bereft of anything from the Holy Ghost. Because they don't know, even if it showed up and bit them somewhere, they, they wouldn't know what just happened to them. All right? But by jinkies, with God's help, we're going to know, aren't we? We're going to know. So, in, in verse 3 it says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Tell me where in there that has anything to do with speaking about the future or foretelling the future. And that's the Word of God. Don't get mad at me. Get, you know, if you're tempted to get mad at the Word of God, I think that's not smart. But, you know, I mean, all right. We'll discuss it in greater detail when we get to that gift. I believe these gifts are listed in the order of their importance. This is the next thing on your notes. Of the three gifts of revelation, the word of wisdom is the best gift because it brings supernatural revelation of the plan and purpose of God. I'm going to read that again. Of the three gifts of revelation, the word of wisdom is the best gift because it brings supernatural revelation of the plan and purpose of God himself. That, that's what makes it so important. You, you getting that? You got that? You writing that down? You've you got the, the questions and the entire 
series I'm teaching is going to show up. Every lesson I teach every week is going to show up on our website. Of the three, of the three gifts of power, the gift of faith is the best gift because, because it is the supernatural ability to work a miracle. We're, excuse me, we're going to study that more. Of the three gifts of power, the gift of faith is the best gift because it is the supernatural ability to work a miracle. Of the three gifts of utterance, the gift of prophecy is the best gift because it is complete in and of itself and it brings edification and encouragement and comfort to the body of Christ. All right? And, and the thing about it is, if I stand up and prophesy... If, what if I, the words coming out of my mouth were in tongues? Well, then it's tongues, and you better look for an interpretation, right? Prophecy is the best of the utterance gifts because it doesn't need any help. <laughs> it doesn't have to rely on more than one person. And I'm telling you, folks, you know the difference. When it's coming from God, you know it, and when it ain't coming from God, it makes you nervous. Kind of like I make you feel when I mess a song up. <laughs> That, that's funny, really, to me. It's humbling, but it's funny. All right, but listen to this. The one outstanding gift that is above all nine, to me, is the word of wisdom. It's the best gift of all, because as I said, it brings revelation about the divine plan and purpose of God. Although the word of wisdom is mentioned first, I've already started the study on the word of knowledge first, because after discussing the word of knowledge thoroughly, I think we can better understand the gift of the word of wisdom in a more thorough way. Here's what I wrote notes on this. I already shared it in part. Notice that this gift is called the word of knowledge. It is not the gift of knowledge. There's no such thing as a spiritual gift of knowledge. There is, however, a spiritual gift called a word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts in the mind of God. I want to read that again. The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts in the mind of God. How many of you would agree that God is all-knowing? Because he knows everything. But he doesn't reveal everything he knows to people. He just doesn't do it. Right? He just gives us a word or a part of what he knows. A word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. So a word of knowledge would simply be a fragmentary part of the entire knowledge or counsel of God. Little piece. Little piece. I've, I've noticed that little pieces of God are about all we can handle anyway. Really. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you what a word of knowledge is not. Never mistake natural knowledge for a word of knowledge. People do it all the time. This word of knowledge is a supernatural manifestation as are all of these gifts of the Spirit. None of them are natural gifts. They're all supernatural gifts. I had a man try to explain to me one time that the knowledge he had, you know, over the years of study and going to Bible college. I'm serious. Bible college. Now, he had the gift of knowledge. I said, well, you may have worked real hard for that, but that ain't what the Word of God <laughs> says at all, you know. That, that ain't going to float. That's not going to hold water, right? Look, if you can attribute, say you can pull knowledge, a word of knowledge out of the nine gifts and say, really, this is the only one that's natural. Then the Word of God is a lie. 
If one is natural, they're all natural. But they're all supernatural. That's like um, people telling me, you know, the Word of God, the Bible. I don't know how you put such faith and trust in the Word of God. You know, it was written over 1,500 years and by so many different people and so many different backgrounds. Uh, you know, too many human hands involved. Well, I tell you, there on a lot of things, that span of time and that many people would have an effect on it, but not when God's in charge of it. Now, listen to me carefully. Make note of this in here. Make note of this in here. If you can go into this five-pound Bible and find one thing in it that's not true, just one, one thing you don't believe, then none of it's any good for you. None of it. Well, I believe most of it. Well, when you're God and you think you can bone pick what you like and what you don't like in the book, write it off. It's no good for you. It's either all true or it's all wrong. But if I can't exercise my faith in God to put one book in this world together from beginning to end, I cannot trust him for anything then. That's why I eat, sleep, and breathe the truth of this word above everything else on earth because God can be trusted. Can you say amen? All right. All right. So, all right. There are those who say that this gift of the Spirit, the word of knowledge, refers to natural knowledge. If that were true, then all the gifts of the Spirit would be natural, not supernatural. If that were true, for example, then the gifts of healings would not be supernatural healing, but simply healing through what people have learned and achieved through medical science. We certainly believe in medical science, and we thank God, amen, all the time uh, for all it can do. But this passage of Scripture is talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit, supernatural knowledge, and supernatural healing, and so forth. Amen? If these gifts of the Spirit were only natural gifts, diverse kinds of tongues would simply refer to speaking in different language that were learned naturally. Now, I can tell you that the Spirit of God has fallen on people and they have spoken in foreign languages they never learned. Let's don't put God and His Holy Spirit and His gifts in a box and limit Him. Amen? You know, I, I, I don't quite understand why sometimes, and please forgive me if I come across harshly, I'm not trying to do that. But I, we're going, to, at the end of this course, you're going to be able to easily understand that there's a gift of the Spirit called tongues and interpretation. And then there's a prayer language in tongues that's totally and completely different. It's different than tongues and interpretation, one of the nine gifts. All right? All right? Are you following with me? There's a prayer language. And then, and then there's tongues and interpretation and prophecy, those utterance gifts. All right? Uh, tongues and interpretation, one doesn't work without the other. That one doesn't work without the other, all right? So don't, you know, don't be confused. We're going to prove to you in the Word of God that there's a prayer language out there and then there's tongues and interpretation. Are you with me? I'm having fun. I, I don't know if anybody else is having fun, but I'm having fun. If these gifts of the Spirit were only natural gifts, diverse kinds of tongues would simply refer to speaking in different languages that were learned naturally. Then folks who wouldn't even be saved would have that gift. I know a guy that can speak six different languages and ain't got nothing to do with the Spirit. He can cuss in all of them. There's not one he can't swear in. 
All right? But I can tell you that ain't the Holy Ghost. However, we know that diverse kinds of tongues are supernatural. Diverse kinds of tongues is the gift of the Spirit enabling one to speak in languages he has never learned, given by the Holy Spirit. It stands to reason that if some of the nine gifts are supernatural, then all of the nine gifts of the Spirit are supernatural. So this gift of the word of knowledge is not natural knowledge, but is supernatural knowledge. It is supernatural revelation of certain facts in the mind of God. It's supernatural revelation of certain facts in the mind of God. Confusing this gift with natural knowledge, some have said we don't need some of the lesser gifts. We have the gift of knowledge. It's a misinterpretation of the Word of God. The knowledge that we were bragging about was intellectual knowledge. Knowledge that they had gained themselves apart from the Holy Ghost and apart from the Word of God. This is not what the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12 verse 8 is about. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 8. For to one is given the Spirit, is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, to another uh, uh, to the same Spirit. Listen, it is, it's supernatural. Amen? Can't say it enough. Uh, where are we at now? I'm so excited. The word of knowledge is a supernatural gift. Listen to this, what it's not. The word of knowledge is not a profound knowledge of the Bible, even. It's not. The word of knowledge is not a profound knowledge of the Bible. A minister once tried to tell me that he had the word of knowledge because he had studied the Bible so much. It is certainly true that God will help us understand his word, but that is not a supernatural gift, not of the gifts of the Spirit. The gift of the word of knowledge can work in connection with the Bible. Amen? For example, God does reveal things in connection with his word that we didn't know. How many times have you heard me stand up here and say, I've read this passage of Scripture since I was 18 years old and I never saw this before. Where do you think I got that? Man, our pastor is so smart. You know, he's so smart. No, I'm not. I'm not smart. You know, I mean, I'm just not. God is. Amen. In his letter to Timothy, who was the pastor of the New Testament church, Paul said, study to show yourself approved, right? In 2 Timothy 2.15. So that kind of knowledge, a profound knowledge of the Bible comes by studying. But the word of knowledge comes by supernatural revelation. Amen. The word of knowledge is not knowledge of God through close communion with him. The word of knowledge is not knowledge of God through close communion with him. Let me clarify. Once again, one does gain a real knowledge of God by walking with him. Amen? But that's different from a supernatural impartation of knowledge of certain facts in the mind of God. It's different. Now, I will tell you that this is one of those gifts of the Spirit that works with people that aren't even aware of it. There are people that spend so much time talking with God and being with God, they don't even know that the Holy Spirit just did something in them. Not really. You know what I'm saying? They don't identify it for what it is. All right? All right. One does gain real knowledge of God by walking with him, but that's different. In the Old Testament, we read the story of how God spoke to a boy. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, and then we're going to close after this story. All right, now I'm, I'm going to, are you ready for this? This is going to be mind-boggling. In 1 Samuel, we have an example 
of uh, a real, real important point I want to make with you here. Before we're done, I'm going to show you examples of the gifts of the Spirit throughout the Old Testament, except for tongues. Tongues is the only one that doesn't show up in the Old Testament. Mark it down, because I'm going to prove it to you. Do you ever heard the phrase, in the Old Testament, the New Testament is contained. In the New Testament, the Old Testament is explained. You ever heard that before? Every one of the gifts of the Spirit but tongues I've been able to find in the Old Testament. I've learned more about the Holy Ghost and His gifts in the Old Testament almost than I've learned in the New Testament. All right. 1 Samuel chapter 3. First Samuel chapter 3, we're going to begin reading with verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you. <laughs> he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you, for you called me. Then Eli, Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down. In his place, and the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Wow. Man, isn't that powerful? Samuel was in the temple helping the old prophet Eli. That was his life at that time. One night Samuel heard a voice call his name, thinking it was Eli calling him. He got up from his bed and went to him. Eli told him he hadn't called, so Samuel went back to bed. Just about the time Samuel had gotten settled, he heard a voice saying, Samuel, Samuel. Again, he ran to Eli, and again Eli sent him back to bed. When this was repeated for the third time, Eli realized that God must be talking to the boy, and Eli told him to answer the next time the voice called. When God called to Samuel again, Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. How many of you know that Eli had been walking with God, but he hadn't been as faithful to God in rearing his children as he ought to have been. Eli was not the one hearing the voice. He knew about the things of God. I'm sorry it chokes me up. He knew about the things of God, of course, but he didn't hear God's voice that night. A little boy did. So we see that this kind of knowledge doesn't necessarily come by a long-time experience of walking with God. As I mentioned previously, there's a knowledge of God that is obtained by walking with Him, just as we walk with a friend or a family member and become better acquainted with him or her. As we walk with God, certainly our knowledge of Him increases. But this is still not Necessarily a spiritual manifestation of the gift of the word of knowledge.
That's in the Old Testament. See, we have a tendency to take the things we see in the Old Testament that were actually manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit of God and we don't classify them as that. We think that that was just something super special that happened in the Old Testament. Guess what? It is something super special that happened in the Old Testament because it is an example of the way it also unfolds in the New Testament. God does not change. He changes not. Amen? I love the Lord so very much. Hey, you know, I'll stand here and tell you this is the truth. It's no lie. I, uh, I had a tough week. I had a tough week. I'm looking for something that's very important here that I got to have. We're going to pray for a need before we leave here this morning. It's right there on my phone. I had to get it. I had a tough week. This morning I went to my wife and took her in my arms. Told her I loved her so very much. And I prayed for God to bless her. Because I'd been kind of hard on her. I told you it's a tough week. Just a hard week. And I'm not the only one that's been there. Right? But this morning, I got up early like I like to do, and I got ready, and I cracked open the book and looked at the notes and stuff, and I began to realize, Father, I can't do this if you don't anoint me. And you won't anoint me unless I fix this. Gotta fix this. Can't leave things broke. When you know better. Said Lord I want the people to be able to come. Hear the word. Hear the genuine excitement. Feel what I'm feeling inside. With your spirit. Even people. What what did those people say in the New Testament? He said have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said we didn't even know there was one. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of people that react to the Holy Spirit that way because they've never been taught. If God does not help me teach this to you, when it's over, nothing will change. Nothing will be any different. And you'll still be coming to church and, you know, you come, get your ears tickled a little bit. Maybe we sing the songs right, maybe we don't. You know, we love each other. I know we love each other. And we fellowship together and good things happen and we feel good and we go away. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Why does it have to stop? So, Pastor, some people think, Pastor, you are so mean. I was doing fine in the state I was in and you poke at it and you poke at it and you poke at it. Why do I poke at it? Because God loves you. And because God loves you, I love you. And I'm telling you, mediocrity is not going to cut it anymore. If I have you look at the person next to you and say, I'm, I'm being discipled at Life Spring Bible Church, that's because it's the difference between life and death spiritually now. Game playing's over. Game playing's over. It's over. That's over, right? 
Time to get serious with God. All right? And, and to take the book and quit bone-picking it, cherry-picking it, getting the things we like and dwelling on those things, you know, and flushing on the rest or not paying any mind to the rest. All right? Now, I will tell you this. I'll tell you again. My wife loves me so much. She loves me so much. You know, she always puts her arms around me and tells me she loves me and she prays back for me. You know? Ruth is a, you've got a good pastor's wife. My, my socks are blessed off having her in my life, you know? Um, but let me tell you, women, if you never knew this before, guys are going to get mad at me. We men are pigs, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, pretty much, you know? Okay, uh, we're emotionally hard. You're not. Thank God. A lot about women, spiritually and every other way you can think of, soft in spirit. I love that. I want to pray for you. You pray for me. Pray for you. Stand up. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we're just barely scratching the surface here. Lord, I want to thank you for this prayer request that came to me just before the service from, uh, from my nephew. No, I'm sorry. This one came from LaVon. said, Pastor Carl, um, that reminds me. That's why I'm reading this. LaVon's going to be leaving this week. She couldn't be here today. I wanted to go get her and take her to lunch, and we're not going to be able to do that today want to pray that God will be able to work it out so I can go get her this week and go love on her a little bit. Me and Ruth in, and pray for her and uh, take her out to eat and let her know that she's going to be loved and missed. That's one of the reasons why I despise this COVID virus deal and um, very upset about it. And um, we're going to pray for her. And um, Sandra's grandma had a heart attack. Sandra? Oh. Hey, close friend of Sandra's grandma. Gotcha. I'm sorry, the print is very small. Uh, a close friend of Sandra's grandma had a heart attack, so we might not make it to church. We're still deciding on what to do. And uh, this friend's name is Greg Roth, right? Father, as we continue to pray, we lift up Greg Roth to you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, where he is right now, whether it's the ER or in a hospital room or wherever he is. Touch him. Be with Greg. Strengthen him, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Uh, giving peace that passes all understanding, Father. Uh, lift up people in this place that will take Greg up this week and pray for him on a daily basis. Lord, we pray for LaVon Scott, one of our own, one of our own family members, Lord, leaving, moving to Colorado, been planned for a long time. Uh, has faced a lot of trials and tribulation in selling her home. Had to change the septic field. Uh, had to work on the foundation of her home. Had to replace the heater. Um, uh, lots of times, Lord, as you know, people fix things on the house before they leave, but $50,000 worth of work, that's a lot. That's a lot of money in our book. But, Father, I know it's nothing to you. You're meeting the need. And, Father, I talked to LaVon last night, and you know what she said to me. I can't get upset about this. I mean, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to get upset about it. Well, Lord, there's a lot of us who would. You know it. But I thank you for her relationship with you and how you've given her comfort and peace and understanding, Father. 
And she just knows that you're going to help meet the need, Father. Lord, I thank you that you're on the cattle on a thousand hills and you never had to sell one to meet my needs because you're God. Now, Father, about the spiritual standing of this church. Forgive all of us, Father, who allowed the devil to drive a wedge this week in our relationships. Should not happen. Forgive us, Father. Give us the words to say, the things to do, and help us by the power of your Spirit to be obedient to whatever you say to make all of this right, Father, in Jesus' name. To reach out to the people that we have relationships with, to make sure those relationships are strong and correct and right. Forgive us for our sins and shortcomings as we forgive others, Father. Lord, mm, thank you, Father, that you've blessed us with so many things, so many gifts, so many times you've healed us, so many times you've, you've met a bill, you put food on the table, you've done all these things. But, Father, your word says that we're to rejoice that our name is in heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, touch the hearts and lives of everybody in this room. Challenge them to answer that question, is my name in heaven? And if there's any concern about it all, to reach out to you and pray this prayer, Father. By the power of your spirit, touch and make real the sincerity of my heart as I reach out to you to forgive me for all of my sins, all of my shortcomings in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us of all of our sins and all of our shortcomings. And Father, that if we choose to make this prayer our prayer to you, give life to these words we pray in Jesus' name. Save us in Jesus' name. Thank you that our names recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And may we make a commitment today, Father, to grow in that relationship in such a way that every day of our lives we're drawing closer to you and we're being discipled by you, Father, for your glory. And continue with us throughout this day. In Jesus' mighty name, watch over us. Keep us safe, Father, for your glory. Lord, we give once again LifeSpring Bible Church to you, Father. It's your church. You birthed it, Father. Fill us with your Holy Ghost to overflowing as you did on the day the church was born, on the church's birthday, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Get us ready, Father, to receive, for those of us who are going to wait till the end of the series, to receive the Holy Ghost. Father, get, it, get us prepared. In Jesus' name, get us ready. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Fellowship together before you leave here today.